The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of John Williams, The Master, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie music genius. You think I could say enough about John Williams so far? Joining me today on the panel to talk about John Williams are Angela Silana. Hi, Angela. Hi, Dom. I've got my jazz hands ready. (laughs) Yeah, for the catch me if you can a bit. And uh, Mike Creevy. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks so much, Dom. I'm like, I feel like uh, uh, standing under the giant dinosaur in Jurassic Park, just hearing the music is that big, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, well, both Angela and I were talking about like how we've been listening to the music today uh, yep. to kind of get in the mood. I've been all, all getting psyched up. Yep. So before we get started in our discussion, I just got a couple uh, little bits of business. I first want to remind folks to like the secrets of movies and TV shows on our Facebook page, uh, where it's facebook.com slash Media. And to retweet the show on Twitter, where we're at SQPN, leave us comments. We want to hear from you what you, what your favorite John Williams music is, what your favorite movies or any of our episodes we talk about. We want to hear your feedback and share it with the audience in a future episode. Uh, please, if you have not yet done so, subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or on YouTube, where we'll post the show. Uh, and if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the bell. Uh, to get notifications when a new uh, episode goes up. And please share the podcast with your friends. Help us to continue to grow this community, which has been growing, and we love to see that. We're sharing this podcast with more and more people every day. So help us to reach more listeners. We only grow because you share it with others. Uh, I want to also recommend a podcast to everyone. It's another podcast on the SQPN network, just like Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. It's called Catholics of Oz. And it is a podcast by our friends from Oz, uh, Australia. Uh, we have uh, our three friends, uh, Caroline, Lindsay, and Jerry, are from the uh, the city of Melbourne, Australia. They're three Catholics uh, who live down there with their families. And they have such great conversations. They talk about, you know, being Catholic. They talk about movies like we do. Uh, in fact, they're going to be doing a, a little hint of the future. They're going to be doing some secrets of movies and TV shows from Australia. So that's going to be fun to get their perspective on some movies. And uh, they they talk about apps and games and l- lots of fun stuff. We, they were recently talking about the the different way that we do tipping, like wait, tipping waiters and stuff here versus how they do it in Australia. And th- it was kind of funny to listen to how they, they were dis- discussing it. And uh, it was in relation to this story about somebody who left a tip at a restaurant, but it turned out it wasn't actually money, but it was a a religious tract made to look like money and how they were discussing, is that good evangelization and spoilers? It's not, <laughs> it's not good evangelization. So, but it's a great conversation. So you give it a listen. It's a sqpn.com slash Oz uh, and give it a try. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Very exciting. We're going to talk about John Williams. I want to start with a little story uh, from, from my, my past. My nine-year-old self, little little Dominic, in the back of the, the family station wagon, <laughs> driving away from the theater where he had, where we had all just seen Star Wars, the whole family, mm-hmm. and there I am sitting in the back of the wagon. Back in the days when you know we sat in the very back without 
seatbelts. It was those crazy days. And staring out at the stars in the sky, stunned. <laughs> Literally, like a stunned look. At my, my, my world had been changed forever. Yep. I am where I am today because of that moment. And I remember saying out loud, I love classical music Wow! Uh, because because at that moment, that's like it was an orchestra. So therefore, it must be classical music. My older sister, Francesca, uh, of course, because this is Francesca, corrected me that it's not classical music. It's orchestral music. And it's a soundtrack. <laughs> I, I didn't care. John Williams had made an impact on me. And that's one, one of the reasons I want to talk about him is this guy has made as great an impact on people over the past 50 years, let's say. As any as any uh, person involved in the arts, uh, Spielberg, Lucas included, you know, the great directors, mm. John Williams has been there. And we're going to go through some of his history um, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to to kind of show kind of show how he has. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of music it, in, in storytelling, especially, especially movie storytelling. But it, but also, if you guys have any like of a personal story or just something about how John Williams has had an, uh, an impact on you. I don't know if you do. I didn't ask you this ahead of time, so I'm kind of <laughs> getting you cold on this. So do you have any uh, personal, you know, uh, relationship, personal story about the effect of, of a John Williams score on you? Uh, Angel, oh. do you, do you want to take it away? Well, <laughs> I just, I, I grew up in a musical home. My dad's a musician and I actually heard. Um, so I guess this is the first like secret, but, uh, Star Wars, John Williams really got a lot of inspiration from Holst's uh, The Planets. Oh, yes. And mm -hmm. I heard The Planets first, just right. being in that, um, because I, I was born in the 80s, and so I didn't get to see the original Star Wars in theaters. Um, you know, I was too little. So by the time I heard Star Wars in the movies, it felt familiar, and it felt mm -hmm. like fantastic like <laughs> you know just like everybody else feels like but um you know that's kind of one story but just you know i think for him um hearing his music it really kind of brings that orchestral music sort of home it makes yes. it more relevant to me and to so many people um and so accessible um so that you have this personal connection to it where you might not necessarily have that as a typical person with orchestral music in general. That is true. Yeah. The average person is not going to hear orchestral classical music apart from a soundtrack. That, that That's a good point. Mike, how about you? Well, and I, you know, just to reiterate a, a lot of what, what Angela said too. you know, musical family growing up. Uh, I was also born in the 80s, I think maybe a little earlier than you, Angela, but I, I don't I don't ask people their age. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, when I was born, uh, I, I have an old calendar. You know, my parents saved this old calendar and they went on a date night um, just before I was born to see Return of the Jedi. So it was still in theaters when I was born. Uh, but similarly, like I grew up seeing it, you know, on, on VHS or we'd rent it or you'd tape it, that kind of thing. Uh, when I was like, I want to say nine or so, Jurassic Park came out. Um, mm. uh, some other ones we'll get to later, like the Home Alone movies. You know, like there's there's, there's certain features where, you know, you, you you may have trouble just listing it off the top of your head. But when you hear it, you're like, that's probably John Williams. You know, and, and over the years, I got to, you know, I, I think we can all kind of do that with certain composers. James Horner's kind of like that, too, where he oh, has yes. a sound like Hans Zimmer. But uh, something about just the consistency 
of John Williams all through my life. And for me, you know, it's it's the ones you'd expect, of course, you know, Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, we're going to get to a, a lot of those, of course, later. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think one that was that that more kind of visceral one for me, like just like Angela was just talking about, was uh, Saving Private Ryan came out just before I went into high school. And uh, I was in the high school band. We had a very big band and, uh, you know, playing marches and stuff and playing like these big concert, you know, movements and stuff. And we I remember um, it had been out for a few years. So, you know, like I'm a young I'm a young guy. You know, I, I, uh, 9-11 happened my senior year. I was already planning on going into the military. Saving Private Ryan's soundtrack is kind of in the background of that. You're getting all these like resurgence of like really big, dramatic World War Two movies that are, you know, a little more accurate, have have sort mm-hmm. of richer sound and that, and that kind of stuff. So he was really at the forefront of that, I think, for me. And uh, that soundtrack in particular for me uh, is, is always a really powerful and moving one as well. So uh, plus I'm a trumpet player. So there was a lot of great trumpet stuff from, <laughs> from that movie when we, when we played it, some great solos. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit first is just the importance of music to to movie and TV shows to a slightly lesser degree. But but these days, almost as much. But the importance of music for the story in a, in a movie, especially to convey or create emotion uh, on the screen and in the audience. Uh, and, and I've seen some examples of this where they've tried to illustrate like here, you can find them sometimes on YouTube and I, don't, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but where they show like a dramatic scene and they've stripped out the soundtrack <laughs> and they just play it with just the dialogue. And it's so flat. Like you don't know how to react. You don't know like, it just seems blah. And then they'll put <laughs> they'll put a comedy soundtrack under a dramatic scene and it seems weird. And then yeah, oh, and you might laugh and think, oh, this is supposed to be funny. Then they'll put a sad one and a dramatic one. And and it shows that 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 the music is so vital to how you experience it. Uh, I, I was sort of a, a soundtrack geek as a kid. I mean, I loved mm-hmm. soundtracks I had. Gosh, I had the Delta Force soundtrack. I mean, it was it was good. I liked it. I mean, obviously, yep. I had the Top Gun soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, so that had more pop music in it as well. Uh, but it's such an important aspect of the experience of a movie. And John Williams knew that uh, it's 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 kind of amazing. So um, yeah, can I can I add yeah. just one story to that on the flip side? Is yes. that with um the the Last Jedi that came out on on home video and they included as a bonus that you could watch the movie just with the soundtrack, no other audio. Oh tracks. yeah, and right. so that's, that's one of my favorite things to do because at first I just thought, oh, I'm not going to last that long, like it's going to get boring. But seriously, like I turned it on and the next thing I know, I watched the whole movie with just the soundtrack and it was fantastic. <laughs> that's see, awesome you, you got to check out later uh um, somebody did something like uh the solo teaser trailer with bad foley so it's not the, the music oh all yeah out, but they also have really awful sound effects and stuff and so, <laughs> yeah it's just amazing how much of a difference that makes oh a foley could be a whole nother po- oh, yeah, uh, episode of this podcast kind of really yeah oh my gosh yeah the, i actually saw a great uh demonstration of the importance of foley which is the the putting in the the sound effects of mm people walking in the, the the environmental sound of a of a of a shot of a movie and so uh yeah that would that, that i've seen that one that is actually really kind of funny the the bloops bleeps you know yeah. <laughs> uh, i don't have a lot of those uh, here actually like, oh actually i have some of there you could like you know you'd hear uh something like a uh 
a slide whistle (laughs) in the middle of the thing. I mean, just the crazy stuff. So uh, let's uh, let's, so let's get into John Williams's career and start at the beginning. You know, he had his start in the 60s and his first uh, Academy Award nominated soundtrack was for a movie called Valley of the Dolls, which is Hmm. it, it was big in the 60s. It's really much a movie of its time. Not it's based on a novel, and uh, not something I I particularly remember or uh, saw. But the 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 first one that people might have heard of, and I re- actually watched this recently, was he did the soundtrack for Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it so Fiddler on the Roof was a, a Broadway musical yeah. that was brought to film, and so he adapted the score and and wrote an original song score. He actually won that was his first Academy Award. Wow! Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did that along with another composer by the name of. Alexander Courage, who folks might know as the guy who did the Star Trek theme. So yeah. the guy who did the Star Wars theme and the guy who did the Star <laughs> Trek theme did filler on the roof. I mean, just, Mind I, blown. I just, United I just, together. Yeah. Just amazing. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't uh, get a clip from that. But uh, the, the first one that you know, we really should talk about is 1975. Uh, it's his second Academy Award. And this one is for his first original dramatic score for Jaws and everyone remembers Jaws it, here it is that sound what, what is that a viola <laughs> I think a cello isn't I gotta it? wait for it to pick up I mean brilliant like that's the oboe I love that yeah <laughs> Oh, no, the French horns. The brass. Yeah. I'm looking around the it floor right the... now. <laughs> uh, there's no stopping a shark. <laughs> well, <it's> just... <laughs> what a brilliant, like, again, it, it, so if you think, if you watch Jaws without the music, it's some girl it swimming like and suddenly goes under, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? She's, yeah. she's suddenly drowning. Like the the music is the shark in that yeah. movie, and and that music has become so iconic that if you want to convey uh, impending dread to someone, mm-hmm. you just go dun 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 dun. Like yeah, that's all you have to do. Brilliant. When Spielberg actually heard that the two notes, he thought it was yes. a joke. <laughs> he was like, okay, awesome. no, but what's really the song? So, uh, but, you know, just, yeah. I mean, the other thing about the the history of that movie is that um, they were using this mechanical shark and it wasn't working well. And mm-hmm. so to have John Williams music um, just makes everything so much more uh, like, you you feel that impending doom, you know, if right. you just saw this mechanical shark that kind of worked, kind of didn't work. Um, it really wasn't on screen that much, the shark itself, when you really look back at Jaws. Right. Yep. That Which was, it sounds like that was a brilliant directing choice, but I think it was kind of for, forced on Spielberg because right. the shark wasn't that good. <laughs> and so the music had to substitute for it. Yes. Well, the, the whole idea, too, of just, you know... Uh, you know, I know we're going to keep coming back to just the importance of music, you know, just in general. But yeah. that idea that it's, you know, you obviously you don't you don't see it. Right. I mean, that's the understatement yeah. of, of a lifetime. But but just the way he uses that in Jaws and that, you know, th- those times you don't see the shark and how often you just by hearing it, you know, like, you know, it's there. 
And it is, it's just psychologically incredible what, what effect that has and how he yes. saw that in his mind, you know? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So then uh, after that, in 1977, he was nominated for two Academy Awards. Uh, the one he didn't win for, uh, the, the lesser known one, is uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple yeah. of different themes from that. But awesome. check out this one. Yeah, this is the one that really is, again, where music is in integral to the story. <laughs> like, at this point, Spielberg, Spielberg must have thought, like, John Williams only knows how to play, like, three notes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's five notes. Yes, he's picking it up. And what what I heard was that he wanted to make it kind of like hello, H E L L O. Yes. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. Like this, this isn't just sound to kind of carry the 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 or music to carry the the acting and the script along. It's integral to the plot, right? Which is which is that the aliens communicate via colors, lights, patterns, and music. And you see those those all those different tribes and people like just you know the people that are queuing into that in, in different ways that it's that that music as a universal language kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and again, like when you want to convey something creepy to somebody, like something alien, <laughs> you just go do 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 do, yep. and everybody knows what you're saying. Yep. I mean, it is part of become part of our cultural lexicon, uh, and it was such an amazing moment. Like I remember that that on screen, and so you have the. The humans, the, the 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 scientists on the big keyboard playing, and then you have the alien ship hovering there. This ominous again, you don't see the aliens really, except for maybe their ships a little bit until the very end. So mm -hmm. sort of like Jaws, but you have the music that yeah. represents them, uh, and that big bass heavy uh, <laughs> thing. So uh, brilliant, brilliant. And just how, you know, I mean, basically what John Williams had to do was create a language with music. And to me, mm -hmm. that's like, wow, that would be super intimidating. Um, but just the way that he approached it as trying to find, you know, hello and those five notes and really making breaking it down that way. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. I love it. Right. Yeah. That idea that that music is is something from the heart and the soul and the spirit. But it's also math and science and mm -hmm. and it's something that is universal. I like I love the idea that music is a universal language mm -hmm. for all uh, species. Uh, so really great. So and then the other movie that uh, he was nominated for that he and that he won for in 1977 was a little movie someone knows as uh, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Oh, those strings! It's, it's so triumphant, <laughs> and the brass exactly. It is. It's stirring. It raises you up. In 2005, the American Film Institute uh, selected the Star Wars main theme as the greatest American film score of all time. I agree. And I, I, I agree. That. I'm not going to preach. Fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean that. And of course, number six was Jaws, which we already discussed, and number mm -hmm. 14 is one that'll be coming up uh, in a in a bit. But yeah, I mean this. That stirring triumphal march, which evokes 
not just the, the I mean, so Star Wars was a different kind of science fiction movie than what we, we were used to by that mm-hmm. point. Uh, sci-fi had become very cerebral and uh, to, I think 2001 A Space Odyssey and mm-hmm. also Sprach Zarathustra and yep. that sort of thing. And Lucas, George Lucas, was bringing Star Wars back, science fiction back to its roots in space opera, in mm-hmm. grand, uh, triumphal space battles, the fight of good versus evil, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And this, as the opening music for that, just, it, I remember being, like, sitting in that theater, being swept up in the moment, and, like, my eyes, like, as big as saucers and oh my what is what is happening and just i could not believe it and at that you point you still sort of jump out of your seat every single time no matter how much you've seen it when it when it you know you, you that 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 tiny little moment between the the fading away of the uh you know long time ago to uh, galaxy yeah. far far away and then it just explodes and and how every one of them uh i just i, I love how it, it always stirs me up to the point of like you, you get the sense of like the magnitude of the whole thing and they give you the scroll or what, you know, and then mm-hmm. just even as it as it descends down into, OK, now what's going on? Like in this space, you know, this little area, you know, like it just that transition is always so cool. Yeah, and in 2015, when The Force Awakens uh, came out and we saw that on screen that first a long time ago in a galaxy far, mm-hmm. far away for the first time in so long and so much hope, so much anticipation after so much disappointment of the prequels. Sorry, I'm, I'm one of the ori- people who oh, think the original's better than the prequels. Uh, yes, but so much hope. And then those first notes of a John Williams score. And mm-hmm. I was emotional. I was really mm-hmm. emotional there. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that's sad or not, but it was awesome. <laughs> so... Obviously, there's a lot more that could be said about Star Wars and the Star Wars mm-hmm. music, and we'll be coming back to other Star Wars music. But we've got so much ground to cover. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to keep keep moving forward, and we may end up coming back to this topic of uh, music and maybe even John Williams in the future if we if we decide to focus on a few things. But let's let's kind of move on uh, and look at 1978. So the very next year, John Williams is nominated again for another movie. Uh, this one, uh, a, one of the first big superhero movies long before the Marvel Cinematic Universe was around, uh, we got Superman. Then, then you go right into that the fast, and it goes up and up and up. Now, now keep that fanfare, that opening theme mm-hmm. in mind, because it's mm-hmm. going to come back in different forms yep. mm-hmm. as we go through some of this. Uh, in fact, I need—I should probably jump in to some of the other stuff after we talk about this one. But so the and, Superman and John, can theme... I just throw one, one thing? I'm sorry, just real quick. Yeah. That, that has some very Gustav Holst kind of undertones, too. You can see the inspiration mm-hmm. in that, I think. Oh, yeah. yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the... the uh, actually, I, I don't need to come back to that actually right away. I, I, I was thinking of something else. Um, of uh, the My year's a little out of order. But but, but keep in mind that, that sort of triumphal fanfare. I mean, so with Superman, we have this hero. And 
you know, you, you, from outer space, it, from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> and we but he's also a character that we've had for a long time in our, mm. in our culture. We had him as a comic book for, for at, at this point for more than four decades. We had him as a as a TV show. Mm. And we had these iconic images of, you know, Superman standing astride the earth with his hands on his hips. And and that that fanfare, you know, kind of reminds us of that, that the, the lone hero uh, aspect of it. So an amazing, and the, the rest of the soundtrack also. Um, you have the the lowest the lowest lane theme, um, which is a, a beautiful romantic theme, uh, and we'll we'll get into some of those romantic themes in mm-hmm. just a just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, we'll come back to those. But um, it's very interesting to see that that those themes uh, come out, and especially with Superman, which is just a it it gets under your skin, I guess. And with this with this particular theme, I feel like what he what John Williams said in Jaws, where he builds up this feeling of dread. I think in Superman, he kind of builds up this feeling of anticipation, excitement, like Superman's going to run into action and save somebody. You know, you almost kind of feel like you're going to be saved. You know, it's just like, (laughs) wow, this is awesome. I can't wait. So when he's 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 shown he's not he's not a one trick pony as far as like, oh, I can just do scary stuff. But like, you know, yeah, like you're right to just fill you with hope. And, you know, you know, yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) It's so epic in that in scale and in scope. I mean, that that this it's heroic. It's uplifting. It's exciting. Um, And and that's of course, that's not the only thing John Williams can do, as we'll see. Mm -hmm. But but he certainly is at the the height of his powers, shall we say, uh, here. Um, I want to kind of move to talk about, let's see, um, we had Superman in 1978 and then he was nominated again in 1980. He must have had an off year in 1979 or something. (laughs) But uh, uh, so in 1980, he was nominated for uh, what some people consider the greatest Star Wars film. And and maybe the greatest Star Wars soundtrack because it gave us a new song to 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 be iconic, which is the Imperial March. Man. I mean, so, so good <laughs> when that first plays. I, I always love that, you know, like you have the all the Star Destroyers massing on Hoth and then the one just goes into the shadow of, of the huge one, the, the huge right. like, you know, Super Star the, Destroyer. And you're like, what? You know, it's just so big and so daunting, you know, the threat. And and the, the, I love how he goes into the, the minor key on this one. That's a little bit of an insider music thing. And I'm, I'm not a music expert, but I, I know a few things. But what, but I know that that's a sort of a minor key that that dark and, and more dread in that, uh, which was fun when in you when we saw Solo, the, the movie Solo, yes. the recruitment video for when Han Solo <laughs> is recruited. The recruitment video has the Imperial March. Somehow it's in the universe. I'm not sure how that works, but it's but John Williams is Imperial March is in, in a major key, yep. which is a whole different feel to it. And it was really kind of brilliant That's just awesome. even in that. Well, OK, so it is in universe because in the prequels, when they have the march, uh, when the Empire has the march, um, it's like the celebration march or whatever. Yeah, um, that's actually the Imperial March in major key, I think. If oh, OK, if I'm correct. So it sounds really happy and celebratory, but it's still propaganda <laughs> for the empire. Awesome, and and that's one of the things I I love about it is that it is so much, um, it it evokes 
things that we already know. Uh, it feels like, you know, some of them, the, the, the music say that the, the Nazis marched to, exactly, or like, yep. it's got this very dark, uh, dramatic <laughs> feel to it. It'll be very much um, a Wagner thing going on, you know, and it's, it's, it, it really has a different feel from the rest. And it was amazing. And this sort of staccato sound comes up a lot in his music in both major and minor keys. And it's dumb. Uh, it's funny you should mention that. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but I know we got Indiana Jones coming up soon. But I, I, yeah. I always say, like, when the droid army is invading Naboo in episode yes. one, mm-hmm. th- that theme and some of the Nazi you know, march themes in Indiana Jones, like they were those those are so close. And it's I get them mixed up sometimes like those those particularly. <laughs> I'm like, that's I see what he's going for. The <laughs> same idea. <laughs> and you know what? I want to I want to play um, some music that he did that wasn't a movie soundtrack around in the 80s, which was something for something very different, which is for NBC Nightly News. And so this was the open for NBC Nightly News. See if it sounds familiar. This is NBC Nightly News. I'm John Brinkley. (laughs) So you hear the staccato, the dun 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 dun. dun. It's faster, uh, but then you have the bright brass uh, Mm -hmm. notes, and and. So that and then there was um, the close on NBC Nightly News, which was slightly different. And I play that. Uh, here. So similar, a little bit, I think uh, now I'll have to be corrected by somebody. I think that's more the minor key or it's different. And that's how they closed out. I think when they went to commercial mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so they called it the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember uh, when they when they start, first started using that, I was like, oh, now I have to watch NBC Nightly News because it's John Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a good kid of the uh, of the 80s. And what, it was Star Wars fan. Of course, yeah. I watch NBC Nightly News. But you know what? I think for a lot of people, this was probably maybe the first John Williams they heard. Because mm-hmm. uh, I just remember being a kid in the living room like at night. Yeah. My parents had the TV on yeah. and it was after dinner and... I heard John Williams and I didn't even know it was John Williams, <laughs> but I, I think that was probably the first thing that I ever heard by John Williams. That could be. That's a really good point. And I forget when it was, but sometime around this point. Yeah. In 1980, uh, John Williams became the conductor of the Boston Pops Orchestra. Uh, and so you could imagine <laughs> how I felt about that being a kid <laughs> in Boston, uh, that John Williams was leading the Boston Pops. and. You know, you know, we would have the uh, like annual concert and on the common and he would be conducting it. And really, he became sort of a, a son of Boston in that way. And again, another way that because Boston Pops is probably the most well-known of all pops orchestras mm-hmm. uh, in the country or even uh, otherwise. And it, people really got to know John Williams on his own at this point, you know, in the 80s. Sure. Uh, but through both his soundtracks, but also as a orchestra conductor. So pretty, pretty awesome there. Pretty, and he had huge shoes to fill because Arthur Fiedler was uh, prior to him, and he was a huge figure in the in in the city's uh, cultural climate. Uh, everybody knew who Arthur Fiedler was, so uh, it was pretty awesome. So, so that was uh, uh, let's see, that was around nineteen eighty. 
Yeah, right, right. But uh, 1980 was uh, Superman. I mean, sorry, Empire Strikes Back. And then in 1981, he was nominated again for uh, the next big series that he would be involved in, uh, the next iconic theme. And this one was Raiders of the Lost Ark, which sounded like... I just love that theme. It is yeah. so awesome. I don't think it's possible uh, to sit still to that song. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not for me anyway. Spielberg introduced Lucas to John Williams after he had done Jaws. Mm. And then he did Star Wars. And then he did Raiders for both Lucas and Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things John Williams says about those two filmmakers is they make movies with the music in mind, which is something we were talking mm -hmm. about before. Um and Spielberg has has this great story. And I think, Angela, you sent me this link to uh, yeah. it must have been a commentary track off of a, of mm -hmm. a Raiders DVD or something. Spielberg says that Williams wrote two themes for for Raiders. Uh, and then it was both of those bits that you hear that that he combined into one that done. And then that da, 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 da. those right. were two separate themes that eventually he made one theme, which I thought was kind of awesome. Spielberg was like, well, why don't you just use both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Brilliant mean, by this direction. point, you, yeah, at this point, you probably just trust Spielberg implic implicitly. Why wouldn't you? Uh, it's just, you know, brilliant at this point. Um, and one of the things he says in that film is he spends a lot of time working on the grammar of the music. Mm -hmm. a, a couple of motifs made up of a few notes. Uh, that then become uh, the through line for the whole soundtrack. And I thought that was a, a brilliant thing because it's so true. You just need a few notes and you know exactly what you're listening to. Then there's, th there's that theme, but then there's another theme that he has in the movie, which is the one that always comes up when we see like the arc, and especially when the arc is yes. about to be doing something kind of spooky yep. or oh, supernatural. <laughs> uh, it's this one. The scene that always comes to mind with that is the one where the uh, Ark is in the crate in the hold of the ship mm -hmm. and the, the uh, swastika mm -hmm. is being burned supernaturally yep. as the uh, as the rats writhe in pain around it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny how this the staying power of it, because uh, the uh, you know, that that parody uh, fourth movie that they uh, that they did that we can talk about <laughs> some other time. Um, <laughs> yes. Even in that, like that brief little moment. When you see the arc, it's just like sort of a uh, you know inconsequential thing off to the side. You know, then they play right. a little bit of that theme. It's like, oh man, like you just you, those feelings jump right back up again. <laughs> yeah, coming up actually, uh, I think in the next couple of weeks we're going to be having an episode of this podcast on uh, the Last Crusade, Raised Lark. Uh, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And there's a there's a moment in that where he's he's walking through a catacomb. And he sees a there's a drawing of the ark on a on the wall, yeah, yeah. and and the, and the woman he's with points out. I was like, "Isn't that the ark?" He's like, "Yeah, it might. Be. I I, I kind of yes. recognize it or, or something." And you get a little snippet of the of yep. the music, so you get that supernatural theme 
Um, you kind of get you get that a little bit when the Nazis are doing their bad stuff, mm-hmm. you know, without having to have explicitly like Nazi Germanic music. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Which is which is kind of a I mean, Spielberg did a great job of kind of making the Nazis both menacing and also a little bit of comic in this. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. It's it would be harder today, I think, in the current environment but without having to get too much into that. But um <laughs> And of course, there's a another movie we're going to talk about in a bit where where there was it's very serious. But but one thing I want to talk about this soundtrack also is there's that romantic theme we talked about a little bit. Uh, and I want to kind of play a couple of the different romantic or um, feminine themes, shall we mm-hmm. say, the themes mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for female leads in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, of course, it's Marion, the love interest, this companion on the journey. Um, and this is Marion's theme. This plays when they're on the ship, uh, I think, after they escape from Egypt. You have the harp in the in the strings and mm-hmm. a little bit of the horn there. Beautiful. And compare that to Leia's theme from mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The, the similarity there uh, where it's, it's, heroic but it's also feminine and there's there's like a sadness to it too because they both have yes you know they they have had their challenges <laughs> you know they're, they're suffering mm-hmm. and, and that that, that right comes through in it you know i have to say when i when i heard that i think it was was it in rogue one at the very spoilers if you haven't seen rogue <laughs> one yet i'm going to spoil something for you you should have seen it by now you should have seen it by now it's your own fault <laughs> uh, if you're listening, yeah if you're listening to a, rogue, uh, a john williams po- uh, podcast i'm gonna spoil it when we see leia at the end and by that point carrie fisher had had died so mm-hmm. uh we we were you know but and it was the first time we'd seen princess leia now it was another actress who was digitally you know modified mm-hmm. to look like a young carrie fisher as princess leia and it was, and then we had got a little bit of that theme, again, so emotional, such an emotional moment, mm-hmm. and the sadness in that. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to bring a box of tissues to the oh, episode man. nine <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know how I'm gonna deal with it uh, or how they and how they're gonna deal with it in the movie. But uh, you know, uh, we keep bringing up this idea that John Williams gets the privilege to reuse a lot of the themes that he uses in different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the movies we have coming up next, uh, he does that too, where he kind of crosses over franchises actually. <laughs> um, but I don't know if maybe you catch what I'm getting at or maybe uh, you'll, we'll see. you'll have to, well, if it, if it's the 1982 Academy yes. Award for <laughs> E.T., the extraterrestrial, um, yeah, in fact, yeah, doesn't Elliot, the little boy that he has with Star Wars figures, is that what uh-huh. it is? Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of the there's Star Wars a, music? a Yoda reference. Yep. There's a right. track called The Magic of Halloween. Yes. And there's a Yoda, he uses the Yoda theme uh, from, I guess it was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> right. In E.T., so that's cool. right <laughs> because et is dressed up as was it et dressed up as yoda it's been a long time since i've seen mm-hmm. that yeah yeah that, that's what it was yeah 
But of course, the uh, the theme from E.T. that we all remember so well is this one. I mean, this is all uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my! I mean, that's just that. So that's called flying. That's mm-hmm. so it's not the main soundtrack, but it's the one we all remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's such a it's a it's it kind of reminds me a lot of say, like some Disney music, like atmospheric music. If you ever go to Disney World yeah. or Disneyland, yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of that. Well, the um, some of the Cloud City music and Empire. Oh, um, yeah, and and a little bit of uh, I, I got a little um, uh, what just. The, the flight again, you know, some, he knows what he's doing, I guess. Some of these, the flight to um, the island in Jurassic Park. Right. You know, right. Before they get there. So, yeah, it's just it's like anticipation and, you know, like what's ahead. And yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's uplifting. You're in the air. It's that, that it's it's light. And I think that's the, the key. It's uh, there's hope. There's in, uh, excitement. Um, yeah. And so- I, I remember seeing um, when. John Williams was, uh, I guess he got the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Film Institute. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steven Spielberg was giving this speech. Um, and he talked about, actually, I think he showed the clip of uh, Elliot and E.T. on the bike uh, going up, you know, in mm-hmm. the sky without the music. And <laughs> it's very just, okay, what? Uh, but then, yeah. you know. <laughs> Then he shows, just you know, the final clip, and it's—I mean, we all know it. It's all those things you've said, and so he—he yeah. he had this great quote where he said, "Without John Williams, bikes don't really fly, nor do brooms and Quidditch matches, nor do right. men in red capes. There's no force. <laughs> Dinosaurs do not walk the earth. We do not wonder. We do not weep. We do not believe. John, you breathe belief into our movies, and I think that's." just i mean that's that sums it up right there perfect yep <laughs> that that is that is uh, that is exactly it in a nutshell um and you know with with, with these different musics I, I mean he 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 really has its ability to evoke a story just in the sound like just in that et clip there's a yeah. story there even if you don't see the scene if you've never seen the scene i, I mean i don't, I don't know if it would ever be possible to kind of pull someone aside and say, you've never seen any jo- movie that John Williams has done a soundtrack for. <laughs> who, who is that? Yeah. I, I don't know. But OK, let's say the hypothetical person and play these tracks for them, these, these these this music and see what they think that they convey. And I bet you like there would be a lot in there of 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 what he's trying to convey. I mean, it is amazing. I'm thinking of things like he he has like Trek music. Uh Think of the in in the Temple of Doom, yeah. where there's the elephant journey uh, through mm-hmm. India, uh, or in Star Wars, C three PO and R two D two walking across Tatooine. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. music that sounds like a a trek, a long journey, an arduous arduous journey. Um, you know, it's just this it, when it's he wants to evoke fear or scary. He uses mm-hmm. atonal music. Uh, he's not yes. he's he's not afraid of using different kinds of of music to the to their great effect well so, it's, it's it's just it's a soundtrack uh, like I, I put a note here for myself like he's it's the soundtrack of my life but i think life in general in so many ways it's you know right. we we all you know we we journey we are uh 
scared we're sad we're you know in love like you know everything you can imagine <laughs> he's got something for it and usually lots of things for it <laughs> that's right yeah so uh, another set of music that is in the popular consciousness even for those who aren't big movie fans are three bits of music from the olympics starting in 1984 mm. 1988 and 1996 yeah 96 yes yeah yeah so the the uh, the olympic fanfare in theme from 1984 is this one So very familiar. Uh, in fact, I think NBC continues to use that in their Olympic coverage every year. But that was originally the theme for the 1984 Summer Olympics. And everybody knows that one. <laughs> uh, totally. And then the, there's the 1988 one called Olympic Spirit, which, again, you'll recognize. I mean that evokes the the human spirit, the the a, accomplishment of great things. You know, mm -hmm. it's it is amazing to hear those those fanfares and those themes uh, uh, on their own. But but everyone recognizes them when it's when it's time to watch the Olympics. People people hear that and they say that's the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't hear something like that, you think something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> something's missing. Yeah, <laughs> it has that. It evokes that ancient Greek you know, feeling yeah. of the the civilization of the Greeks, the the grand and even, you know, Roman, but with those that brass is really what does it. Oh yeah. The, that triumphant brass. Well, and in fact ninety six it's called Summon the Heroes. I mean it's really even oh, more explicitly yeah. that I mean, I want to stand up and enlist right now. I mean, this is like, <laughs> well, and, this, yeah, and again, we're, we're going to get, you know, we'll probably circle back to Saving Private Lot Rear Ryan later, but, but it's then, which is a little different, but that especially, that's like that, you know, I, I almost think, you know, you think of like, you can't help but think of like a castle, you know what I mean? Like the, the dudes right. up on the ramparts with the trumpets. I mean, that's just what it seems like. <laughs> and it, it feels like being called forth to your, to your, yep. your calling, your vocation. We should play that at confirmations, maybe. Yes. But, but you know what I mean? Like you're being called forth to, to something great. Uh, and I, I love that idea. Like the, that music is so stirring iconic um i mean i, I i'm going to use iconic a lot in this episode i'm sorry mm -hmm. but <laughs> because it all is in 83 we had return of the jedi more star wars music uh in 84 we had temple of doom which i, I mentioned in 1987 there was another steven spielberg movie empire of the sun and this was a little different this was a, a bit of a a little bit of a departure from what we had previously heard was that done before? Was that uh, was Christian Bale in that? Wasn't he like a kid or something? Or right. So let's, let the, let's give the little bit of the background of, of Empire of the Sun. It, it was a World War II movie that yeah. featured uh, Christian Bale as a young boy, so a very yeah. early Christian Bale, who was a British schoolboy in a in a in a school for foreigners in China. Right. When the Japanese invaded at the beginning of World War II, 
and he got separated from his parents and left behind and and stayed in a prisoner of war camp. And and this movie was about how he survived. Here's a this is a longish clip. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to okay. to where it picks up uh, some. Yeah, let's see if I can do that. It's it's actually a little bit more of the same, but. And the choral uh, sound. Um, yeah. But there was that, that, that sort of that sweeping. Uh, back and forth, like do do do. It's quiet, but building slowly, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a trend I think we've started to hear in soundtracks, especially around that time. Yeah, uh, in in movies and that we we hear this again. He has set a, a a standard for for music that we hear a lot in in movies now. So that's Empire of the Sun, and then that was what did I say in nineteen eighty seven. Um, he. A whole bunch more uh, movies. We had uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Born of the Fourth of July. And then 1990, we had one. And I think, Mike, was this one that you said that uh, was one of your top 10? I, I, uh, I think so. Sure. Let's, we'll see. This was uh, <laughs> Home Alone. Doesn't that sound like just, something? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's so funny because it's just it's it starts off like you just feel like you're Christmas shopping, like with your grandma or something, you know. And, and, right. But then it's like, uh oh, like some, something's going wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, oh. He and that year he was also nominated for best original song somewhere in my memory, which I did not grab for this oh, okay. this podcast. But but Home Alone had this, you know, it was a story of a boy who got left behind. Uh, when his family all went away for for a Christmas vacation, he thought he wished them away, which I, which I just love that that bit. And then uh, hijinks ensue when criminals decide to break into the house uh, or try to while the family's away. And so we have this amazing moment, uh, you know, the, the, the scenes with Joe Pesci and, and just so funny, such a funny, great well, movie. It's, and it's and a side note, I just remember it's so sweet because he doesn't know that they got vans to the airport because I forgot about that detail. We watched right. it. So he goes out and he looks and their cars are in the garage. You know, yes, he's like, their that's cars right. are here. They didn't leave. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so sweet. <laughs> oh, and when the mom, you know, sits up straight on the plane and yells, Kevin, yeah. <laughs> which uh, as a pa- now that I'm a parent, I know exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as a as a parent of five, where you know you, you sometimes you you leave the building and one is left behind, shall we say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know how it can happen. Not as bad as that, but but the but so the music in Home Alone um, evokes this childlike atmosphere. Uh, he's he's uh, but also this sort of mischief uh, mischievous sort of thing. But it will will hear that similar theme come back 
uh, in a few years, <laughs> a decade later. Mm. It's almost like <laughs> magic in a way. Yes, the magic of Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so then we go from Home Alone to um, to something very different. Um, well, actually, let's go to 1991. So not too, not too mm-hmm. far later. Let's talk about, Mike, you also mentioned this one, the theme from Hook. Yeah. And, wh- and why don't I play it and you can tell me what, what it is about this theme that really you love. be pirates here well, and that's that's what's so funny is because i think you know then you pick up with um and i know i know hans zimmer uh i if i remember correctly he mm-hmm. did not do the soundtrack for the first pirates of the caribbean movie he picked it up later and i forget who the mm-hmm. uh, first guy was but but this is you know it's a good 10 years before those movies started coming out so i think that the the cornering the market really at least in my youth for a real sort of swashbuckling you know adventure mm-hmm. kind of music you know which of course you know you get some of that in star wars and, and everything else that we've talked about so far but it's just something different when it's you know like pirates and um and and that that track right there doesn't have as much of the similarities but there's also a lot of tracks from hook that are similar to home alone a little bit you know and kind of right. harry potter it just it's funny there's some of those those same you know a lot of bells and you know some of the percussion and stuff in it through the really similar yeah, and it really gets that sense of uh, a ship on the water, yes. you know, yeah. sailing, the wind, it's rocking, and it's high adventure is, is really. Um, so uh, on Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl was Klaus Badelt. That's it. That's why and, I didn't remember. Apologies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Klaus. <laughs> Which itself has become such an iconic, sorry, yes. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> drink. <laughs> it's the drinking game is every time I say iconic. <laughs> but it's become such a part of the lexicon of music of music from movies now mm-hmm. is that Pirates of the Caribbean song, yeah. mm-hmm. but but you know inspired by uh, John Williams. Is there yeah. a, is there a soundtrack composer today who is not in some form inspired by John Williams? I, I mean, they couldn't possibly be. I think if they no. say they are, they're uh, they're lying. Right, right. If they say they're not, right, right. So. In 93, there was a very different soundtrack with a very different feel of a movie. And his next Academy Award was for Schindler's List. And let me Mm. tell you, this is a soundtrack I listen to every Mm. year during Holy Week. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Because because the first time I saw Schindler's List was Mm. uh, Holy Week was, in fact, I watched it alone on Good Friday. Oh, wow. uh, which <laughs> I don't recommend that. No, that'll that'll do <laughs> I it. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, because mm. it's such a uh, uh, heavy mm-hmm. material, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but also, um, my grandfather's Jewish, and mm. so I have a lot of uh, sense of the people you know who are affected in that movie. Are yeah. you know I'm, I feel connected to them, but also the music because he has Yitzhak Perlman on violin. Yeah, uh, throughout much of that, in such beautiful. Uh, music. So let me play the main theme on that.
almost makes you want to cry mm. just now. Mm. <laughs> I know that beautiful violin. So, somehow it, it seems like it, 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 uh, um, it, it's it's more it's like it's more than just about the trauma of that moment you know it, it seems to somehow capture the whole drama of of the jewish people you know which which how do you do that? right you know? right there was a there's a great story about um when john williams first saw the director's cut of schindler's list and he he couldn't speak he went outside to take a walk and he came back and he told steven spielberg this is a truly great film you need a better composer than me to create the soundtrack for this and steven spielberg said i know but they're all dead (laughs) (laughs) so i was like you're the guy you have to do this this is on your shoulders john oh my in in fact i remember in that movie there were moments dramatic moments with no music at all yeah Um, in fact, I think that scene, it's, so the movie, if you recall, was in black and white, except in one scene, there was a, a scene of the, of the cleansing of the ghetto, where mm-hmm. there was a little girl walking through there in a red in a coat. Red, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a red coat or dress. And it was the only spot of color in the whole thing. And I think, if I recall correctly, that whole scene was silent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of... I mean, I, I kind of think John Cage 433 is a gimmick, but it, it kind of proves the point that silence is as much of a, a, a conversation or or part of the dialogue as 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 what is said. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. beautiful. And and then the, the, the violin, the, with that bit where Yitzhak Perlman is playing the violin there in that theme, that's that evokes the uh, Yiddish, you know, the musical tradition of those people. Yeah. It brings it in so much. Like you said, Mike, it evokes that history of thousands of years of persecution and oppression that they have suffered, uh, you know, well into the, the B.C. era. You know, mm-hmm. the- you, yeah, you just think about the structure of the notes. It goes up and down and up and down mm-hmm. over and over again, kind of like that, that struggle. Yeah. Right. Oh, just so uh, a beautiful soundtrack. All right, then we move forward in time. Uh, there's a couple of, of great movies there uh, that in the 90s. I mean, really, the 80s was the golden era for mm. John Williams. I mean, it was mm-hmm. nearly every year he had, if if he had one movie nominated, he usually had two in a, in a year. Uh, <laughs> I think he's just, second he, only to, I saw somewhere, only to Walt Disney uh, for, for mm. nominations, you know, for Academy right. Award nominations. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like NFL kickers who are like, they right. have the most points. I mean, he's, he's yep. out there day in and day out uh, hit, hitting the ball out of the park. So he... In 1998 is the one we've been waiting for, uh, and that is Saving Private Ryan. And let me play that. Uh, hopefully, it's the it's the bit you've been talking about, Mike. That, There's, uh, it's that all would, good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> it's another one of those movies where there's an extended uh, sequence without music, this time to begin the movie, the, the storming of the beaches. Um, 
And in this, this I had to say, getting the clips for this for our discussion here has, was so hard because yeah. I just wanted the whole thing. I mean, right. how do I how do I pull a little bit of brilliance out of the whole brilliance? And uh, but I felt like this sort of epitomized so much of this movie the the choral nature of the of the mm-hmm. the voices it sort of felt like the voices of of the lost. Exactly. Being well, exactly. And that that song that's you know hymn to the fallen. Um and and uh we and actually it's funny yeah that that is that's one of the ones I had the solo on I had the trumpet solo at the beginning uh, not yeah. on the recording you just played although I'd love to say <laughs> that that was me no but wow. um, I did okay. But uh, yeah, no, it's just um, what's interesting about that was I, that was one of the first, you know, I was kind of buying a lot of soundtracks at that at that time. And one thing that always struck me is I, I forget off the top of my head, I don't have it with me here. But, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see soundtracks, I guess it depends on what the purpose or what the overall scope of it is. But sometimes there'll be like, you know, 15, 20, 25 tracks on it. Saving Private Ryan's, it's it's like six or seven tracks. Like it's not a right. lot of stuff. Uh, and they talk about that, some behind the scenes stuff, too, about how it's very very subtle it, it's it's not great i mean it's there's a gravity to it but it's it's not um uh over the top it's it's very simple you know and, and really powerful mm. yeah i mean again another one of those movies that just so affecting so mm. uh it, i mean that that first sequence it's sort of like shinless just did it when i watched that first sequence i wanted to i wanted to leave that movie and mm. find the first a veteran of World War II that I could yeah. find, mm-hmm. and yeah. and fall into his arms, weeping, thanking him for what mm-hmm. he went through. I mean, so not just uh, John Williams' uh, ability in that, but but also Spielberg's ability to make yeah. Uh, yeah. this movie that evokes it. I mean, just at the height of his powers, to put it in one way. Uh, so, uh, so that was Saving Private Ryan, and then um, in ninety nine, he had Angela's Ashes as a soundtrack. I. I I didn't actually see that movie, so I can't comment on that one. But in 2000 was The Patriot, which is mm-hmm. one of the very few movies about the Revolutionary War. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize that. And I think it's something that needs to be rectified. I'm going to take a stand right yeah. here and say there need to be more <laughs> movies about the American Revolutionary War. I don't know why they're in Boston. There's some good yes. shows, but yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many great stories. Yeah. We need a George Washington's. Never mind. That's a whole other thing. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox and just play the music from The Patriot starring Mel Gibson. That is that is not a John Williams soundtrack when you think about it, but yet <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yes, I mean that beautiful, simple. Fiddle. I mean, fiddle music, right? It's mm-hmm. not just strings, but it's fiddle. Um, it, in some ways, it's sort of like the uh, Ashoka farewell that you hear often yeah. from uh, the Ken Burns Civil War documentary. It's sort of exactly. Uh, yeah, you hear that, and you want to you want to read. Well, I was out uh, on the back, you know, of the range, and they were coming over the hill to us. I mean, you want to hear like a narrated letter to uh, home. Well, it almost doesn't sound like a studio. It almost sounds like you know, they got like a fiddler on the back porch, and I'm in the kitchen, and you know, it's just it somehow communicates that too. Yeah, I mean, the movie itself has it's it's um. It's it's not all uplifting. Let me put it that way. I mean, there's 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 great tragedy in the beginning 
mm-hmm. uh, of this mo- movie and and in the middle bits too uh and so it's it's appropriate i mean that to have that sort of soundtrack i mean there, of course there are there are very martial and moving uh, uh parts of the soundtrack and, and other things but mm-hmm. but i really love that part of it because it's that quiet it captures the quiet elements of the patriot which it had yeah um, yeah it's it's not a perfect movie by any means. It it's a Roland Emmerich, so it's got its issues. Right. <laughs> film. I mean, he's 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 good, but he's got his is he's no Spielberg, and, uh, <laughs> and and there are problems with the film itself. But I still love the you know to watch oh, it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, but the soundtrack is great. It, any any more to say about the uh, about Patriot the Patriot? No, I don't think. In then that case, we'll move on to two thousand and one. Where we got this little movie. This is a little movie. (laughs) I can name that movie in two notes. (laughs) Yes. Do you have any idea what the instrument is there? I I I forgot to I, look, actually look that up. I believe it's a celeste. Yeah, I think which, that's yeah. It was yeah, escaping is, me too. It's the same one that's used like for Ray's theme in the um, Force Awakens mm. and oh, okay. you know, the the recent Star Wars movies. Um, and it's often used in classical orchestral music to you know symbolize this magical or childlike quality. I think it's also in the the hook soundtrack oh as well. okay uh how do you know how to uh i, I was kind of looking to see if i could find a picture I think of it it's I maybe, c-e-l-e-s-t-e i think that's it okay, almost C-E-L. like celeste like celestial because oh. i think it was named that because I, it kind of sounds like angelic like uh yeah oh, okay. from the heavens i think he said he, it, it kind of plays similarly i mean it looks kind of like a piano but it's yeah it's a little different you know um okay did you guys see that it was, maybe it's part of the video you sent angela to where it was talking about how he because that's hedwig's theme i think right you know and he, he said about how he had done it because it just he was thinking about owls right <laughs> you know, right, just, right it all kind of you know you see him sitting there with the pencil in his teeth and it's just funny to see like how he kind of goes about where he starts with stuff like that and where he gets with it well and that's this thing is it's amazing how he, he finds this instrument i mean obviously he knows about the instruments uh but uh it's he he has this idea for how do I make a a, a theme for something that's about magic? Yeah. And and wow, I mean, this what is it about this that makes us think magic? I mean, it it connects to something, and I'm and I've always been in the back of my mind, and I can never quite catch it that there's it, it's evoking an older musical tradition of some sort but i could never capture that and it's brilliant how he does that i think for me it kind of sounds almost like something you would hear at the circus Um, yes i don't know if it has some connection to gypsy music or um Mm. i'm not sure but that's just for me i'm thinking about yeah like those old time kind of um performers who would try to also create that sense of magic yeah and like the stuff you see there that you don't you know it's you know the stuff you don't see anywhere else you know if you go to right. the old school circus and uh and actually you know what it's uh i don't i think it was danny elfman who probably did the music you know mm-hmm. as you'd expect with tim burton with um um 
the uh, movie Big Fish, you know, where he's he's at the circus mm-hmm. at some point. But I think you you get some of that with with a lot of his music as well. There's mm-hmm. that that kind of otherly magic kind of you it's know very otherworldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like a merry-go-round, very yeah. slowed down. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yep. and and so the Harry Potter theme is probably one of the tentpole uh, themes that. That are instantly recognizable by John Williams. So you get mm-hmm. Star Wars, Raiders, Harry Potter. You, know, you could say ET is up there. Uh, and then, it, but for a generation, mm. uh, this is this is the the John Williams theme they think of. Yeah, uh, it, it because it be because Harry Potter is such a key to their uh, their the way of thinking. From Harry Potter, we go to the next year <laughs> to Catch Me If You Can. Uh, which is again very different. <laughs> Yet another one that doesn't sound like uh, John Williams. So uh, let me give a, a quick. This is a 2002 Spielberg movie starring DiCaprio and Tom Hanks about yep. a con man based on a true story. Can I share this this quote here real quick, uh, Dom, mm-hmm. on that? Because yeah. this is kind of cool. This is from a BBC review of uh, of the of the score for that movie. Um, and I think this just captures it so well. Uh, I, I forget who wrote this, but uh, he wrote uh, reflecting the aspirational uh, times in which the film is set. It's uh, I think it's set in like the early 60s, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Williams has put together a progressive jazz score, which is classy, catchy and consummately professional. The eponymous title track is a slippery little number, sax and bass chasing each other in helter-skelter pursuit. The melodic repertoire is incredibly simple. Only a few musical themes of five notes or less lay the score's foundation and may for or make for the irresistibly memorable theme tunes of which Williams is the maestro. So I, I thought that that really captured much more eloquently than me earlier. But but what we've been saying a lot about, you know, it's very simple like at the heart of it. There's some little like two or three or five note lick that he weaves into this and makes it this masterpiece you know isn't it the truth of almost every great artist is they are great in this in how spare they are with the materials they use the, right. they they use less than anyone else to make great yeah. works of art uh, whether you're yeah. a whether you're a michelangelo or john williams i mean he can make <laughs> a great song with five notes Yep. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, guys who are more of a hack, you know, he'll, he'll throw every note and every instrument mm-hmm. in the orchestra at you uh, mm-hmm. to, to dazzle you with all the all the music. Uh, and he does it in just a few. And that's yeah. why we remember uh, so many of his themes. Yes, because they are simple enough to remember. I mean, that's why you, why you remember Jaws, you know, the Jaws theme. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things um, about this one is how it it does evoke that 1960s very cool and that was um Abagnale what was his name um yeah Frank, uh, Abagnale. Frank, Frank Abagnale yeah yeah the the character the, the main character he came across as very cool and suave and uh you know he he was he never got rattled and uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks plays the cop who's chasing him and 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 you get like it says in that you get that sense of the notes chasing each other um, it, it's very jazzy, you know, we, we make it fun of the jazz hands yep. <laughs> as we, as we listen. And, and the opening titles too, is it like the animation of it? It's like giving mm-hmm. you little previews of what's coming up in the movie and you see them like the stick yep. figures chasing each other. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, and so it, 
Yeah, it's really important to uh, also call that uh, John Williams got his start in jazz. So um, that, you know, that I think for him, it was kind of a thrill to get the opportunity to do this soundtrack in particular, because he could really, you know, call back a lot of the the times when he, you know, was a jazz musician. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I love about John Williams is that every time you watch him interact with somebody else, he is very jazzy. Like he yes, calls yeah. everybody baby. He's yes. like, you know, JJ baby. Uh, what do you think of this? You know, it's just very like soft spoken and cool. And he's so jazzy. He's a beatnik. Nice. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I didn't uh, point out was that Schindler's List was his last Academy Award in 1993. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is, is because he's he's become the institution. Like, <laughs> I think people think, well, we could just give it to him every year, but like we got to <laughs> acknowledge some other people. I mean, he's got to surpass what he's done before. Yeah. Uh, before, if we're, and in fact, I think by this point, he's gotten a lifetime achievement award from the Academy, which is basically like, okay, like let's just good, say, just... yeah, let's just say you're done. Like this counts for all the stuff that you've done and yep. in the future too. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so that was Cash If You Can in 2002. He's done a few more. Um, he did, uh, see i'm trying to see what else we have uh up here that i've got queued up oh you know what i missed was way back in 1990 he wasn't um he wasn't 93 93 he wasn't nominated for this and that's why i missed it oh was this iconic theme i can't believe i didn't play this before (laughs) i can't believe they didn't nominate him I mean, how could you not nominate him for for no. for this movie? <laughs> uh, and, and I'm so sad that I I, I forgot to, to I've I've only done three episodes of this podcast about these three movies so far. So you know how could I forget? <laughs> but uh, like again, such a brilliant theme that evokes the 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 grand scale of yeah. these creatures striding across the earth again uh, you know that 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 amazing scene where um sam neill dr alan grant mm-hmm. and ellie they're riding uh in the jeep and they see them for the first time and you get this sweeping grand music uh it, it's just amazing so uh so we have jurassic park and that theme song again it's a theme that keeps coming up in our uh in our consciousness in 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 our culture uh, so let's go back to the 2000s and we'll take a look at um, jump ahead a few years. His John Williams at this point is a little older. I think he's been a little more selective with his projects. Uh, but in 2012, he does uh, another movie with and this time, yeah, another Spielberg movie. And this one is Lincoln about Abraham Lincoln. So let me play that theme. Very similar to 
the Patriot. So we yep. have that sort of so and, feels and saving older. Private Ryan <laughs> and saving Private Ryan. I feel a lot of the uh, Olympic. Uh, yeah, I think some of the heroes might be in there as well. Well, the news too, because I, I hadn't thought of that clip you played earlier. If it was, it was NBC. Obviously, it was yeah. NBC. Yeah, I mean, it's some of that's there, <laughs> but it's yeah, but like deep, but like deeper and yeah, like more mature. It's almost kinda. um a stately in a way. Yes. Like you can see how Lincoln would carry himself almost, and yeah. how tall he was, and also just the the legacy that he left. I mean, that, yeah. to me, that's kind of what's evoked in that that music yeah there's a dignity to it yeah that that, that we, we we associate with uh abraham lincoln uh so yeah and i, uh, I had the beautiful. word down you know gravity you know i kept saying like just the like um you know not not grave well, i mean grave in this because of course you know with with uh, lincoln's assassination but just a you know a gravitas uh, yeah right yeah. you know just just that this this was a really this was a, a time and, a, and a, a guy that just no one can doubt like this really mattered you know right. that kind of feel yeah yeah it's something it, it so a, a brilliant uh a film and a brilliant soundtrack now i want to kind of go back a little bit and pick up he williams is going to end off his career so episode nine of star wars is going mm-hmm. to be uh his last soundtrack it's he's, mm-hmm. he's he's officially retiring after that uh soundtrack and uh, so i want to kind of jump back in time a little bit back to 2000 and one was it? No, I get it. I get it. In 1999, uh, I think it was when Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. Now we can't, uh, we can't avoid talking about the debacle of the <laughs> soundtrack release. Uh, in case people weren't there, so when people went out and bought the soundtrack before uh, Phantom Menace came out, they they saw two tracks on it called uh, Qui Gon's Noble End and Qui Gon's Funeral, and yeah, that kind of people were. Gives it <laughs> Yeah, people were outraged, justifiably. <laughs> or they were spending all their time trying to convince themselves that wasn't really what that what that meaning yeah. was. There was a, I think that's when the term headcanon was uh, was coined. Uh, because, yeah, I, I remember hearing about someone saying, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure, trying to convince myself that it meant something else. <laughs> and, and so uh, so that came up. But there was a, a, a song on the soundtrack that was so good i played this over and over again because it's just it's so good and and it it has a lot of those elements that that john williams picked up over the years the the uh, choral uh music the sweeping and stirring uh let me play the duel of the fates And then those fast strings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that language is uh, so it's, it's wordless. No, sex. Yeah, yeah. That you were gonna say. Yeah, that's not actually in any language. Uh, well, no, it is. Oh, what it is, is it? I thought it's, I thought it, I heard it was Sanskrit. Really, oh. he had it translated into Sanskrit. So originally, it was a a Welsh poem, and he had it translated into Sanskrit because of the uh, harshness of the of the yeah. sounds of the language and so he wanted to convey that um what i heard was he wanted to convey like a almost a ritualistic feeling you just you just blew my mind 
<laughs> uh, see, no. now, now I'm wondering if they speak Sanskrit on Dathomir, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, apparently uh, the Welsh poem is, it's Welsh, so Lord knows I'm gonna, whether I'm going to say this correctly or not. Cad Gadu, or Battle of the, of the Trees, um, which reminds me that there was a Welsh poem that was sung at the beginning, or a Welsh hymn sung at the beginning of Empire of the Sun as well. Uh, so oh, that's okay. an interesting interesting uh connection there uh so i had i had, i so i had mis i had misheard i had heard something wrong there on that that's a good good catch so uh mm. the 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 poem is, originally goes i was a sword in hand i was a shield in battle i was a string on a harp so quite appropriate but but <laughs> such a good song for this epic lightsaber battle let's be honest the lightsaber battles in the original trilogy we're okay. Like <laughs> Obi Wan by the by the uh, by the first uh, by you know the New Hope, he was old and that that was, getting, that was that was he was on yeah. a downward. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a disappointing lightsaber battle. Let's just say it. Okay, uh, and then in Empire, Luke was not yet a Jedi. You know, he he, he mm -hmm. was he was overmatched quite clearly against Darth Vader. But and in the Return of the Jedi, you know, there was it was better. But this lightsaber battle, two you, you Jedi had never seen anything like it. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, the, yeah. the Jedi Order was still there. The Jedi Master, the Jedi, uh, the Padawan, the the uh, the Sith Lord. I mean, this was you know this was a great yeah. lightsaber battle with great music yep. to build it up. I mean, such a good uh, scene with with great music. I mean, it's. It was the saving grace of this movie, let's be honest. Well, I still remember the thing that really jumped out was just the, uh, and then, well, coupled with the sound effects, too, because, like, they were, there's, you know, they're swinging their sabers around faster than anything that you had ever seen in the originals. So, like, to to, right. pitch, to pitch that up, to imagine, like, what would that sound like if you swung it that fast? You know, so right. it, it, it just, it would really, the intensity of it was, was just really awesome. Still is. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have a, a, a better lights, lightsaber battle until Mace Windu went, you know, right. Samuel L. Jackson right. is taking down the Emperor. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, and then Rogue One, of course, which is just oh, a yeah. whole nother level of. Yeah. But uh, I'm going off into Star Wars nerdery. Uh, well, back, <laughs> back, back on target here. Uh, stay and on then, target. Stay on target. Yes. Nice. Uh, and then in 2015, we had uh, our first Star Wars movie in a long time with The Force Awakens. And one of the things that John Williams had to do was he had to come up with some new themes. Like we weren't going to have Luke Skywalker in right. this movie uh, for for the most part, apart from his silent <laughs> statue imitation at the end. Um, but we we got let's see we had this one called Jedi Steps mm -hmm. and Finale. So this is the end. Awesome. Uh, I'll play this, and then I want to come back to Ray's theme after that. But let's. Listen to that part right there with the strings. That's this trilogy's theme. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's that back for the do do 
you know, that that little mm-hmm. bit is this. And, and so to set the, the scene, this is when Ray is climbing the steps uh, on Achto, uh, Skellig Michael, for those of us who know where the island is in <laughs> Ireland, uh, the, the 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 holy island of St. Michael. But Yay, it's Catholic uh, monks. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so the, the, she's climbing those steps. And so you had this 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 moment uh, there. But uh, again, this was like I had to find a clip within the 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 finale music that was like, OK, this represents the whole thing. But there's so much there. Mm-hmm. This, I, just, I couldn't I couldn't take it all. Uh, so we have new music for Star Wars that's still recognizably the same music. Um, and then we had Ray's theme, which. I just I love that he, he he one of the things John Williams does is he does it he, while he has themes that he carries on from movie to movie and throughout his career. He's not afraid of doing something new and different. And he did that with Ray's theme. And let's listen to that one. that Celeste. Oh, yeah. Yep. So you have that piccolo and then the yep. Celeste. There's, I think, some, you know, some oboe and clarinet in there, which, you know, like the, the solo, those isn't really common to, you know, other stuff we've been hearing. Right, right, exactly. I mean, it's it's not, the, these are not instruments we've heard, or at least the, 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 the piccolo especially, not an instrument we've heard in a Star Wars theme before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember seeing Williams t- talking about how this was he wanted to really set uh, Ray apart from other heroes, from Luke and other heroes who want to set her apart from Leia. She's not the same as anybody else. And so he wanted to have a theme for her that was unlike anything else and, and, and suggested um, solitude because mm-hmm. Ray, Ray is alone on, on Jakku and 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 we really get that from this and that's why i really i really like that he he really stepped out on this theme to do something new with that well and so, i think a lot we we tend to see the similarities between ray and luke but i think that's a good point cuz luke wasn't alone you know i mean right. he's he's with his man uncle and you know has you know it, it's it's yes his know, friends he's, he's, he's an orphan yeah. but he's yeah she's totally alone <laughs> you know and that's right. that's a that's a different sort of arc you know yeah and so we Especially in the beginning, when she we see her as a scavenger, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we hear this, uh, it she that the barrenness of Jakku and the the crazy immensity of the of the crashed star destroyer, and mm-hmm. and it just feels so so empty, you know, apocalyptic mm-hmm. even in in a scale. Yeah, and I know that um he he once he saw Daisy Ridley as Ray, he almost like had a crush on her, like he just want, he <laughs> couldn't wait to write music for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I think he really illustrates with that music, this empathy that mm. he wants us to feel for her. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a certain sort of like a adorableness to her, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, especially when in the, in the first movie where there's sort of an innocence to, yeah. to, to that. Um, and that comes across in this theme. It's sort of like, um, Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman. She's, She's yeah. a powerful superhero, but there's a there's an innocence that comes across there's a real, uh, like from a, the like actress. a purity, you know. There, there's, yeah. there's there's a you know where she she may like with Ray's case, like she could have as much reason as anybody to be jaded and whatever, you know. But she's like 
still positive and you know like she's mm-hmm. something's coming down the road you know right but yeah it's just she's holding on to hope yeah in, in, yeah uh, so that that comes across in her theme and then uh we'll, we'll jump to the to the to the most recent soundtrack that we have from from john williams mm-hmm. which is uh the last jedi and uh i think angela you had mentioned the specifically the trailer the teaser trailer music from the last jedi so i'm going to play a um i've got the whole thing here so i'm going to play a bit of it we'll see awesome. how much how much we need to listen to to get to get it So that's I, feel, I just feel like it's it's like it's like John Williams basically like a shot across the bow. Hey Hans Zimmer, I'm still here and I'm as awesome as ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Exactly. Actually, the best part of that is that fanfare. So I'm glad I, I came. I played yeah. that because you get like in very quick succession, you get the Star Wars theme, and then you get the 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 theme from the the, the Force Awakens, and yep. you get racing, and you get all this all at once in this big huge moment. Um, which is what you're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. And then Luke drops the bomb on us. <laughs> the, the well, you Jedi know, you've ever just, I mean, and any really good musical, I know I think of like, um, um, uh, the Phantom of the Opera is really good at this. You know, like when they, when they, you, know, you get all those light motifs, you're so used to hearing the different character themes. And then they, all of a sudden they just stack them and you're like, wait, they all fit. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you, you know, so yeah, he's, he's so good at that. And, <laughs> And then uh, the, our last, uh, the last clip that I have I want to play is uh, the the last one from the Last Jedi called um, the Spark. Yes. And let's this is my favorite. <laughs> let's play this one.
there's Luke's theme. Mm. Yep. Luke and Leia's theme. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, and there's more, obviously I couldn't play it all. <laughs> I think I was at least half of it right there. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, the, I mean, this is, this is your favorite Angel. Uh, you have, want to say some about well, that one? Actually, the, the part that I like the most is actually what comes right after this, which is this waltz. It's almost like Luke is, so this is at the end of the movie when Luke, so the part that we just heard, he's like almost giving a, like a final goodbye to his sister. Mm-hmm. And so you hear that moment and then you see him walk out onto the battleground <laughs> with his his uh, nephew and uh, it's like his last hurrah. And so it's this waltz of Luke Skywalker. And I just thought it was so poignant for John Williams <laughs> to pick a waltz for this uh, moment because... Right. It is uh, graceful. It is signifying a very um, conscious, deliberate choice that he's making. You know how the waltz has kind of that feel to it where it's graceful, but it's also like there's this uh, pattern Mm. to it um, that is deliberate, you know, and so you get that sweeping kind of feeling. And uh, but it's also sort of like a, a goodbye you know, yeah. in a way, or Luke Skywalker. So I just love this, this cue. Well, and, and another fact, kind of going yeah. off, though, if I, if I may, just, you know, kind of going off yeah. that, because it's another spoiler alert. You should have seen Last Jedi by now. <laughs> um, it's almost like then when you look at that whole scene in context, because like he's not going out to do this violent thing. It's 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 a mm-hmm. it's a sort of a, a, a diversion, you know, it, it's. And so my brother and I, my brother's a seminarian. We, we were really going on about like the 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 Christ figure here almost like the Via Dolorosa like he's he's walking out you know and then when mm-hmm. it's all said and done he distracts the evil you know mm-hmm. long enough for the good to sort of escape or this redemptive moment and so it's just it, it's that I when you were talking about him like that that kind of walking out I, I just got that sort of Lenten image <laughs> maybe I'm overplaying mm-hmm. it but that's what came to mind no I think that's right on target I mean that that you know that he in a sense he is a Christ figure in there where he is going out to give everything of himself uh, and in order to save the lost, which is what the rebellion, <laughs> the handful mm-hmm. of people who are left are. I mean, they're, they're almost the, the, the remnant, the, almost the lost little bit. And he's going to give everything of himself to save them mm-hmm. uh, right to the point where his body disappears. Right <laughs> now. I don't know if there's going to be a resurrection in episode nine, but you know, we've, there would be not unprecedented in Star Wars for someone to and come back. And there's a shroud left behind too. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's something going on there. So, uh, and I love the idea that John Williams is saying goodbye to Luke here, mm-hmm. you know, because I think at this point there wasn't, a, I'm going to go on a limb and guess that there wasn't a definitive plan for episode nine mm-hmm. of whether, Mark Hamill would be back, whether Luke would be back right. uh, in some form or another. And he may not, in fact, be back. We don't know, but um, he will be. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, but, but John Williams is, is at least taking that opportunity to have a, a bit of a goodbye for, for him. And in fact, he did have a goodbye for Carrie Fisher yeah. in, this, mm-hmm. in this scene as well. I mean, her 
you know, her last moment with Luke on mm -hmm. screen, which again, you know, time to get the tissues. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a very emotional yes. moment. Uh, but th this, this, this moment. And so this music is so beautiful for that moment with them. Well, that so. tribute, that tribute that they did at Celebration, you know, that yes. next summer when he was there and it was, it was so awesome because no one expected him to be there, I guess. But, you know, it opens right. up and everyone's going nuts. And it was so I love it because I, I was watching it live and I love like, you know, he, they're all cheering for him and he just stands there and he's just like, <laughs> you know, he like, puts okay, his finger like, to his, his everybody lips gets quiet. Like, everyone, you know, yeah. yep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is he's got them in the palm of his hand. So, mm -hmm. so we've kind of gone through the the opus of john williams's music uh is there anything we that you want to mention that we didn't bring up that that, that i that i might have skipped over or um anything significant that we want to, to to mention from his soundtracks i have one and that yep. is memoirs of a geisha yes um because that is the i believe the only um score that he actually sought after like he wanted hmm. to do it because oh. the movie's based on a book um, and he read the book and he was so impacted by the book. He actually sent a copy to Yo-Yo Ma and hmm. said, hmm. start thinking now. Um, and I think <laughs> by that time he was already formulating like what he wanted. And uh, yeah, so wow. so he actually went after that movie and he learned about Japanese instruments uh, just for that movie to really, hmm. you know, bring that authentic quality. and to be able to integrate it with the Western orchestral music. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's a great uh, soundtrack that I would recommend people listen to if they haven't. I will. I will now, uh, <laughs> now that I have, uh, uh, I do, I do have the, um, I signed up for Apple music. Uh, so just for this podcast, so I could get all this music <laughs> to play. Uh, I have a, I'm on the trial, so I'm going to listen to that before the trial expires. Definitely. Oh yeah. And one more thing about that. Um, is that he also worked with Itzhak Perlman on that soundtrack also. Oh, so we had Yo-Yo Ma and Itzhak Perlman. And the story is between um, this Japanese geisha and like a Western, you know, man. And um, so he used Itzhak Perlman's violin to portray the chairman uh, character. And then hmm. the cello portrays the geisha character. And they almost like kind of dance together. They come in wow. and out during the Ooh. soundtrack. So it's really cool. Okay, uh, I'm in fact, I think I need to watch the movie before I listen to the soundtrack, uh, mm -hmm. because I, I think that's the key to John Williams's music is, I mean, you can enjoy it on its own, but mm -hmm. it's telling the story that you're seeing. Yeah, uh, as yeah. it's almost like the dialogue of it. So uh, yeah. I think it's it can be it's best enjoyed in its context in, in that sense. Yeah. Uh, Mike, did you have any other uh, soundtrack music that we didn't cover? Not uh, not any other soundtrack music. I just just one thing I was going to share real quick, and, and you can look this up. Um, everyone listening to it can check it out on YouTube because it goes in a lot more detail. But they had a really awesome video. His his ten rules for success. Did you guys see that? No. And it was just yeah. uh, they're short. So it was, it was uh, start small, uh, work hard, challenge yourself, always strive for better, find the joy in life, uh, enjoy every task you do, inspire others, practice every day nurture great friendships and create greatness and it's, it was so cool because i was watching it, i'm like check the block for all of those for john williams <laughs> like that's <laughs> you know especially the one like finding the joy in life because that's the thing i think you know out of everything we've talked about 
there's nothing on there that comes across like it was just a job for him. Like you can see there's some sort of personal investment. You know, he put, mm-hmm. he puts like any good, great artist, you know, he, he has clearly put something of himself into everything, he, every note, you know, and right. uh, it'll, it'll uh, be around for a long time. I've no doubt. Yeah. I'll put a link to the video in our show notes. So sure. you, can, you can, everyone can uh, listen to that. So I think, you know, one, one of the things I want to take away from this is that I think that John Williams is going to endure. I think mm-hmm. we're going to, it will be played for its own sake. I, I, I mentioned that we want to, you know, you should see the movie that it's part of, but I also think that it will be played for its own sake for years to come. Um, it, it's, it's overstating it to say, oh, he's the next Mozart or the Beethoven. But I think that in centuries to come, John Williams will be remembered in the pantheon of great composers. I'll just mm-hmm. put it that way. So, um, and he is, uh, he's quite elderly now. He was born in 1932. And uh, mm-hmm. I wish him his, his well-deserved retirement. <laughs> uh, so grateful for creating the soundtrack to my life and for so many others so yeah and he really like you said you know he changed the the scene uh for movies he Mm -hmm. and i think you know george lucas steven spielberg working with him in these popular movies these blockbusters um to i mean before in the 70s they were using like popular music in soundtracks they weren't Mm -hmm. using orchestral music so for decades, that was something that wasn't used. And because, I think really because of John Williams, we have that um, beautiful tradition that continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting that a lot, the, a lot of the biggest movies today, especially like the big superhero movies, are kind of they're going back to the pop music thing, mm-hmm. which I enjoy this, those soundtracks, the Guardians of the Galaxy one especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think movies are better for having the big original soundtracks, whether it's John Williams or James Horner or Michael Giacchino um, or any of his other uh, spiritual successors <laughs> in, in movie soundtracks. So uh, for that, I'm grateful. Uh, any other last thoughts? i give you a last chance to, so before we wrap up, I want to take a minute to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of movies and TV shows. Today, we're going to thank by name, Matt T, Dennis W, John S, John V, and Keith K. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows we do at SQPN. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion of John Williams, the contribution he's made? Do you have special John Williams memories you want to share? Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, go to sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, or leave us some feedback uh, there or go send us an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Uh, I'll put those links I mentioned in the show notes uh, on sqpn.com. And like I said, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it's okay to listen on the website if that's what you want to do, but um, it really helps uh, us to keep track and to, to kind of say, hey, this is what we're doing if people are subscribed. Uh, also, if, another way to listen, by the way, is, and you can do this for any podcast, if you have an Echo or a Google Home, just say um, the wake word. I'll, I won't. Aloysius. Aloysius, <laughs> play Secrets of Movies and TV Shows podcast, and it will play the, the most recent podcast for you. So, And, and, and you can so you skip ahead, go back. So it's very simple uh, way to do that. 
And until next time, Mike Creevy, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of John Williams. Thank you so much. Angela Silana, thank you as well. It's been a pleasure. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on StarQuest. <laughs>